another episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast, a podcast for conversations you won't find in the church, a club for those who feel like a lone wolf. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and I have let this week get away from me. I am uploading on a Saturday yet again, (laughs) which I have heard is not really good for engagement, but oddly enough, I find that some people actually tune in on Saturdays. Um, I can see, you know, when people tune in and where from, not like in a creepy way, it doesn't show your address or anything, but it just shows the state that you live in or the country that you live in. And I can also see the times of day that people tune in, and a lot of people tune in on Saturday evenings, which kind of surprised me. So if you are one of the ones who (laughs) tune in on Saturday nights, I really appreciate it. Like, shout out to you for spending your Saturday night with me, um, even if it's just a tiny portion of it. Anyway... All of that to say is that yes, this week has gotten away from me. Like I mentioned in my last episode, I have started taking care of my mental health, so I have gone back to therapy. I have also um, started a new medication that is taking some time to adjust to. I will have waves where I feel really tired and then waves where I feel really energetic. And I am on one of the energetic waves right now. Um, (laughs) It is almost nine o'clock at night um, and I am up recording because I am not ready to wind down for bed yet. Anyway, I am uploading this episode because I have seen a lot of interesting chatter around the internet about the end of the world or end times and i love talking about that um (laughs) revelation is actually one of my favorite books of the bible and probably the book that i have read the most i really love dystopian literature like 1984 or fahrenheit 451 i love dystopian movies as well like the hunger games and things like that so I love talking about the end times, but I think there is a problem in the way that people are talking about the end times, and I just kind of want to unpack that. Now, to be fair, I have heard pastors talk similarly about the end times um, and agree with me on what I'm going to say in this podcast so or this episode, and so... This isn't necessarily a conversation you won't find in the church. This is a conversation that is very much had in the church. But I feel like it's not really talked about enough in Christian circles outside of the church, if that makes sense. I feel like there are a lot of influencers and social media personalities who are talking about the end of the world in a way that isn't biblically accurate and these are people who believe in God but they just aren't really portraying the end times accurately and I just want to unpack all of that and more in today's episode so we're gonna go ahead and just 
dive right in because there is a lot to discuss. So talking about the end of the world is a very popular thing, right? It is all over all forms of media. There are countless movies about the end of the world. There are countless books, countless TV shows. It is fascinating to humans to wonder and speculate about the end of the world. And I mean, of course it is, right? Because we're all on this spinning globe together and no one knows when it's all going to stop. And so, you know, people predicting when the end of the world is going to happen or speculating about it is nothing new. Way back in ancient times, even Jesus's disciples wondered about the end of the world and would ask Jesus, when is it happening? When is it going to come? Because they thought it was any day now, because Jesus talked about the end of the world like at least 11 times in the Bible, if not more. There were 11 from what I counted, but there might be a few that I missed. Anyway, he talked about it, you know, often enough to where the disciples would wonder, when is it going to happen? And expecting it to be any day now. But, you know, Jesus died and was resurrected and the end of the world didn't come like the disciples thought. You know, time marched on, but that didn't stop people from still predicting or trying to predict when the end of the world would come. Um, there have been famous pastors from like the 1940s who have predicted the end of the world and then of course had to come back and recount that. <laughs> people thought that Y2K was going to be the end of the world. People thought that 2016 was going to be the end of the world, right, with the Mayan calendar ending. And some people even thought that the world was going to end in 2020 with COVID. But we survived all of that. It is the year 2023, and 2023 is nearing the end. And we're all still here. So I wanted to kind of unpack why people speculate about the end of the world and, again, kind of the danger um, that I feel like comes with talking about the end of the world and speculating about it. Um, so to dive into the first portion, it is interesting to me how so many people are certain that they know when the end of the world is coming especially because Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 24 verses 36 through 37, but as for that day, no one knows the day or the hour, that day referring to the end of time. No one knows the day or the hour, not the angels in heaven, nor the son, only the father. So Jesus makes a point that Literally only God knows when the end of the world will come. And so I think it's interesting that even though that verse is in there, people still try to speculate and claim that they know when the world is ending. And if they don't know a particular date, they know that it is coming soon. I feel like this kind of doom and gloom speculating about the end of the world is 
everywhere, right? <laughs> so many, you know, TV personalities have talked about this from Ben Shapiro to, you know, Joe Rogan even. So many people have speculated about the end of the world and kind of claimed or thought that it's going to happen any day now and that certain catastrophic events are heralding the end of the world, like earthquakes or hurricanes, you know, things that have been happening for thousands of years, but all of a sudden people think that, you know, an earthquake means the end of the world or a hurricane means the end of the world. And yes, while those things are devastating, of course, I don't think they necessarily herald the end of the world quite yet. Because in the Bible, it talks about how all of the decay and destruction in nature is only going to get worse, right? I mean, if you read Revelation, it even paints a clear picture of what may happen. And I say may because, you know, there are different interpretations of Revelation. Some people think that it's allegorical. Some people think it's historical. Some people think it's literal. So there are many, many different interpretations. But Revelation makes it quite clear that the world as we know it is going to cease to exist. Um, and, you know, Jesus himself also talks about how leading up to the end times that, you know, famine will come and war will come and natural disasters will come. And so with all of that kind of tragedy that, you know, Jesus is foretelling I think we're not quite to that level of tragedy yet, if that makes sense. I feel like the world isn't quite bad enough. <laughs> and I know that sounds really cynical, but Jesus also describes the end times as being like the days of Noah. And he references that quite a few times when he talks about the end times. And I feel like when we think about the days of Noah, we haven't quite seen the level of chaos that is described in the days of Noah. I mean, things got so chaotic and out of control that we know what happens next, right? God destroyed the world in a giant flood. So I feel like we're not at that level of chaos and sin and rebellion and destruction. And so I think it's really interesting when people try to guess and speculate that the end of the world is happening because there's a global pandemic and there are hurricanes and there's this and there's that. Again, all of these things that the world has gone through, you know, for generations, right? There is the Black Plague. There was the Spanish flu. Like there are so many global pandemics that the world has survived, right? H1N1, the bird flu. Like there are so many things that we have survived up until now. And so I think to speculate about the world ending is human, of course, like humans are curious about those things, you know, we're curious about how the world became into being, we're curious about is there life on other planets, so it only makes sense that we would be curious about the world ending, and again, while it's fine to speculate, I think it is slipping into dangerous territory when people try to be certain that the world is ending and talk like they're certain about it and tell people that the world is ending soon. And recently I actually saw an example of this. Um, there's a popular influencer, Gavin, I can't remember his last name, but he is really popular on TikTok. Um, he's also on YouTube too. So I stumbled across a YouTube video of his and he 
talks about this image that he got in his quiet time of like a clock and it's starting in September and the clock is running out essentially and he even said he feels like you know we're in the end times, right? This clock is running out. We're in the end times. Like, that's what he thought the clock symbolized to him. And I think, again, to just kind of so casually say that is a bit um, careless, I guess, for lack of a better word, because he has thousands of followers. And a lot of people in his comments were young. Like, they were saying they were 11, they were 12, they were 13. These are, you know, young, impressionable people that are hearing from an adult that they look up to, an adult that they admire, that, you know, time is running out and the world is ending and we're in the end times. And I don't know about you, but like I grew up in kind of a funny light church, I guess is what people are calling it, where we weren't super fundamentalist, but we weren't like a normal, calm, collected church either. We were kind of right in the middle. And I heard a lot about like death and dying and the end of the world and the end times. And it was really scary as a kid. You know, I heard a lot of things and was burdened with a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have been as a kid. And I feel like people don't really talk about that. Like when you expose your kids to like the idea that the world is ending while they're still young and their life is just beginning, essentially, that can be really scary and overwhelming. And while, yes, it's a universal truth that we're all going to die one day and that the world is going to end one day, I think that the way it's explained to children, especially in more like evangelical or funding communities, it's not really explained with a lot of sensitivity. Um, It's not explained with a lot of care. I mean, I remember like crying my eyes out to my mom over the thought that I was never going to get married. (laughs) And I know that sounds really immature, but I was only 11 and, you know, every little girl wants to get married, right? So I was bawling my eyes out at the thought of not living long enough to be married. And, you know, rather than like consulting me about that, my mom was like, oh, well, when we get to heaven, like it won't matter. And like the end of the world is fine. And, you know, we're going to be with Jesus. But like, I was 11. I didn't care about that. I didn't know how to wrap my mind around, you know, big theological ideas like that, like the world ending and we're going to be in heaven forever. And so we don't have to worry. I wasn't able to wrap my mind around that. So I think it can be really, you know, scary for young people, like people in Gavin's, you know, comments section, um, his followers who are, you know, 10, 11, 12, I think it can be really scary for them for an adult that they admire to just very casually talk about like well time is running out and we're in the end times and that's kind of what I wanted to hone in on for a second just that danger of people speculating because I don't think it's biblical I mean again there's nothing wrong with speculating It's human nature, we're curious, but I think to get on a public platform and just say that in such an offhand way is being a bit reckless because again, you're not thinking about your audience, you're not thinking about how they're going to take in that information and how frightening that can be for them. And the bigger point is you're not 
God, you don't know. And I think it's really bold of you to even say something like, oh, well, we're in the end times and time is running out, you know, um, because you don't know, right? None of us know. That's the point of the verse that I just read, Matthew 24, 36, where Jesus says, but no one, not the angels in heaven, nor the son, only the father knows when that day will come. And so if Jesus himself says that he doesn't even know, right? Because the son is referring to him if he doesn't even know. And I don't know how that works within the Trinity. I don't know why there are certain things that only God knows, but Jesus doesn't. I'm not a, you know, biblical scholar. I'm not a theologian. Maybe I'll look that up later and, you know, share with you guys what I learned. But in the mysterious way that God is the Trinity, for whatever reason, Jesus doesn't even know the end, only God. And so that's why I think it's really funny and a little bit careless when people try to speculate and when people try to get on platforms and proclaim things like the end times are coming when they don't know. I mean, when you say it like that with, you know, such authority of like the end is near and we're living in the end times, you know, you sound like those sidewalk preachers that we've all seen, you know, who carry signs that say like, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And, you know, I think if we want to go even deeper into the danger of just proclaiming things like that, that the end is near, that we're living in the end times, if we want to dive deeper into that, I think it is also dangerous because you are using that or that can be used as a form of, you know, fear-mongering in a way. You're getting people to fear the end and you want people to follow you and listen to you and be a part of your audience because you have the answers, right? That's kind of how you are setting yourself up to be. If you can just boldly proclaim that we're living in the end times and that the end is near, you know, um... I think, yeah, I think you can really kind of set yourself up as, I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't want to go as far as saying this, but, you know, it's late. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you can set yourself up as almost like a false prophet in a way if you can just so boldly proclaim that the end is coming and you act like you have been blessed with this insider information that Jesus himself says no one knows, I think you can kind of set yourself up to be a misdirection or a false prophet if you want to go that far. And I know that sounds harsh talking about Gavin because he's just an influencer, but he's also just an influencer. He's not a pastor. He didn't go to seminary. He's not a theologian from what I can see. He's just a TikTok pastor, <laughs> um, a Christian influencer. And so 
you know, we got to be cautious and we got to be careful and we have to consider the source when people say things like this. And I'm sure my audience is a bit older than 11 and 12 year olds, I hope, because I've talked about some <laughs> heavy and mature stuff. But, you know, from what I can gather from the demographics of people who can tune in or who tune into my podcast, you know, y'all are a bit older. And so we can talk about things like this. Um, but again, I think you have to use caution when your audience is underage, right? When your audience is not made up of adults. I think you need to exercise caution because one, again, you could frighten young people, young children by putting such heavy topics on their shoulders that they shouldn't really have to worry about yet because their life is just beginning and the world as they know it is just starting for them. And two, again, you can also kind of warp their view of spiritual guidance and spiritual leadership because you are not a pastor. You are not a theologian. You are just a Christian influencer. You are just a Christian TikToker. And so you can kind of mess with their idea of spiritual leadership, right? And they can trust the wrong people and they can trust someone who honestly doesn't really know what they're talking about. I mean, people the world over have claimed that they know when the end is coming. People the world over have claimed to even be Jesus, right? I mean, how many cult leaders have said that they're like, a reincarnation of Christ or they're the Messiah or they're whatever, right? Like so many people do that. And so I think there can be a real danger if we don't consider the source and consider where is this information coming from. And again, I know that my audience is mostly made of adults. And so we can use our critical thinking skills to consider this source and consider who is just boldly proclaiming things like we're living in the end times. But young people can't. 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, they don't have the critical thinking skills to suss out who is someone they should trust or not, who is a spiritual leader that they should look to or not. They see someone like Gavin who makes funny TikToks and that's who they want to follow. That's who they're interested in because he's funny and he's charismatic and he's interesting. But then when he shifts into these more serious topics like the end of the world and just proclaiming that he knows we're living in end times, I think he is slipping into that fear-mongering and swaying people to follow him and to listen to him and to build an audience because he has the answer, right? You want to follow this guy who has the answer, who knows that we're living in end times. So, yeah, I think it's just really interesting the conversations that people are having about the end times lately and how so many people, again, are just trying to boldly proclaim that they know when it is. Um, you know, like I follow, like I said, I follow people from all over, all over the spectrum on my social media. And I've gotten really into following people who are, oh man, what are they called? Preppers. People who are preppers. These are people who are certain that the end times are coming soon. 
and they are all about storing up food or raising livestock, trying to live off the land, live off of their own food supply, learn how to make their own clothing, learn how to live off the grid with no, you know, internet or anything, or, well, they have internet because they're posting on TikTok, but no, like, mainstream, modern appliances or anything like that. Um, They have, you know, generators and backup generators and everything, just kind of like living off the land, living off grid. And their whole point for that is to survive the apocalypse. That's why they call themselves preppers. They're prepping for the apocalypse. So they're canning their food and they're growing their own vegetables and they're raising their own livestock and they're making their own clothing and they're learning how to harvest and they're learning how to plant seeds and they're learning how to live off the land. And while I think that's really cool in any other circumstance, I think it's a bit troubling the amount of preppers that there are. And there are a lot, like I said, I've kind of fallen down that rabbit hole and there are a lot of them on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, There was even an episode of Hoarders, you know, that TV show, which I also love. There is an episode of Hoarders where a woman hoarded stuff because she thought she needed to provide for the people who were left behind, right? The people who were left behind after all of the trials and tribulations of um, the end of the world, you know, before Christ comes back, right? Which there's a lot of debate about, like, are Christians going to live through the tribulation, right? Are we going to live through all of those awful trials in Revelation, or are we going to be spared from them? And this lady thought that we were going to live through all of those awful trials, and so she needed to store up stuff in order to support herself and all of the other people who were left behind and had to endure all of those trials. And so a lot of other preppers have that same mindset that they need to be prepared to be left behind. They need to be prepared to survive the apocalypse. They need to be prepared to survive all of the trials and tribulations that are going to come when the end of the world happens. And the really interesting thing is (laughs) the Bible talks about several things that kind of dismantle that thought of surviving the apocalypse One, if you read Revelation and you take parts of it literally, which again, like I said, who knows if it's literal or allegorical or metaphorical, who knows? Only God knows. That's why it's one of the most mysterious books of the Bible. But if you take some parts literally, or even if it's a metaphor of how things will be, it sounds like the earth is going to be pretty much destroyed, right? (laughs) Like a third of the moon is blown up, essentially Um, A third of all of the Earth's water supply, oceans, rivers, lakes are poisoned. The sun, you know, turns black at midday. Like, it doesn't sound like anyone is making it out of that, you know? (laughs) I mean, I live in Texas, right? And for the last three years, we've had really intense winters for Texas. And the whole state essentially shut down just by it getting a little bit colder than it usually does. I mean, it was awful. People died. Um, Pipes burst. Houses were destroyed. Roofs caved in. People got in car wrecks because we don't know how to drive on snowy, icy roads. I mean, it was bad. And it's been that way for the last few winters. And so if my state of Texas could barely survive a winter being a little bit harsher than it usually is in Texas, I mean, 
we're not going to survive the apocalypse, right? The earth is way too delicate for that. And us humans are way too delicate for that. So I think the idea that anyone can even survive all of those trials and tribulations that are listed in Revelation, that anyone can survive the apocalypse is kind of funny to me. <laughs> and it's also funny to me because nowhere in the Bible does it talk about that being our main goal, right? Our main goal is not to survive the apocalypse. Our main goal is not to store and prep and stash and try to live off the land and try to hoard things and try to be self-sufficient and be off the grid and be isolated from community and just wait for the world to end. That's not what Jesus calls us to do at all. Nowhere in the Bible does he mention that, right? <laughs> I mean, if you've read the Bible, you know, you know, right? You know that nowhere in the Bible does he talk about doing any of that. He talks about being ready. Absolutely. There are so many verses that say, be on watch, be ready. He, Jesus will return like a thief in the night, right? That famous verse. But being ready doesn't mean, I don't think, being literally ready in terms of growing your own food, making your own clothes, living off the land. I think being ready just means, like, one, have you recognized Christ as your Savior? And two, have you lived your life according to his will, right? So that when you see him face to face, can you give an account for your life and what you have done? I talked about this a few episodes ago, but in Revelation, I believe this is chapter 21, it talks about Judgment Day and how all are judged, right? Believers and non-believers. Non-believers and believers are both judged for what they did in life. And I think that's what Jesus means when he says, be ready. Be ready to give an account of your life. Did you waste your life storing and prepping up food and living isolated away from people and not engaging with people and not sharing the gospel and not loving your neighbor and not being a good friend and not being a good member of society, an active member of society? Because I think Jesus cares about that more, right? I mean, how many times in the Bible does he talk about giving away to the poor looking after the widow, looking after the orphan, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, doing unto others as you would have done unto them, going out into the world and making disciples of all nations, right? Those are all things that Jesus called us to do. And nowhere are we called to just sit and wait for the world to end. I think that is honestly, just a waste of time. <laughs> and I think it's so counter what God really has for us in our lifetime. I think we're supposed to look forward to the end because we will be reunited with Christ. I don't think we have to fear it. I mean, of course, it's normal to fear the unknown, but I think you know, we can rest in the fact that there are just some things in life we don't know. And I realize that may not be the most comforting thought, but that is 
the very basis of faith, right? Faith in the Bible is described as the belief in unseen things. And so I think we just need to rest in our faith (laughs) and rest in the fact that there are just some things we're not going to know. But faith is trusting that God is good, that he is for us, that he is who he says he is, that things will work out the way that he outlines them in the Bible. And so we don't have to fear about missing the end times, right? We don't have, we don't have to fear about missing Jesus. It makes it very clear that we will know, right? It says he'll descend out of the clouds. There will be trumpets. Like, we will know, okay? So we don't have to fear about missing it. We don't have to fear about being left behind. Like, I think there's just a lot of fear about the end of the world. And I think this is my last thought I think the reason why a lot of people speculate about the end of the world and think that it's going to happen in their lifetime, like, you know, Gavin did or um, the disciples did, I think it's because we as humans have a hard time imagining the world going on without us, right? I think we have a hard time wrapping our mind around the fact that when we die, the world will go on, right? Life will go on. Things will continue moving forward. I mean, I have a hard time thinking about that. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the thought that when I die, life is just going to go on, you know? So I think that's why a lot of people speculate that the world is ending soon or in their lifetime because they have a hard time imagining life going on without them, the world going on without them. So that's my theory as to why some people speculate. I think too, people like the idea of feeling special and feeling in the know and feeling like something has been revealed to them. But we've seen time and time again, people who have predicted things and it hasn't happened, right? I mean, again, how many times did people predict the world was going to end and it hasn't like Y2K? 2016 with the Mayan calendar, even 2020, and we're all still here. So um, I think we can be at peace knowing that we're not going to miss the end. Should we live to see it? And again, God only knows. And we can rest in that too, that God knows. It's like that popular saying goes, we don't know the future, but we know who holds the future, right? We don't know the future, but we know God, and he holds the future. And we're just on this great, mysterious ride of life together. And when it ends, no one knows. But we know who it ends with, right? And we know that we will be reunited with Christ. And I think that's a really glorious thing to look forward to. All right, well, I'm going to end it here. I know I was kind of all over the place (laughs) with this episode. Again, it is very, very late. Um, But I hope you enjoyed this unscripted, maybe unfiltered (laughs) version of my podcast. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Lone Wolves 
lonewolfclub.pod and you can email me at lonewolfsclubpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you're one of my Saturday night listeners. I appreciate you so much. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and until next time.